NBA trades are starting to trickle in ahead of Thursday's deadline. Westbrook is benched the entire overtime, but the Lakers win. And Steve Nash says the Nets won't trade James Harden. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. John, how you living? I got a new pop filter from my mic. I'm feeling great. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Savvy, how you living? It's trade deadline week, and I'm all over the trade machine. I'm feeling good. Oh, man, I'm feeling good, too. And we had a good NBA weekend, so we're going to start off with some quick hit news. DeJounte Murray and LaMelo Ball become all-star alternates for the injured Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Those two boys have been on a tear. They've been, tearing, they've been carrying their teams, quite frankly, and it's well-deserved. The Knicks played the Lakers this weekend in in the crypt, and it, it felt like that for a while because both teams were trying to give the game away, but that's another story. Julius Randle got into it again, this time with Scott King, the Knicks video coordinator, as he pushed away a laptop and had to be separated from Scott King when the Knicks were starting to give up their lead. Randle just looks unhappy, and we'll get into that and what the potential possibilities are later. On the other side, and the other depressing side, I might add, Westbrook was benched for the entire overtime. Rejected! Shooting one for ten. The Lakers did win, but you have to imagine, is this, are the patience of the Lakers getting thin? And are we close to seeing Westbrook, the last of Westbrook in a Laker uniform? On a good news, Anthony Davis is now averaging 29 points, 13 rebounds, two, three blocks, and nearly two steals while shooting over 58% from the last five games oh, returning man. from injury. You have to imagine that it's great to see because AD was playing terribly to begin the year, and he looks like the brow, Anthony Davis of old. So that's the silver lining for Laker fans, and hopefully he can keep it up, and I think he will. He's on fire! And while the Lakers look very promising, we have Brooklyn, who lost their eighth straight, guys to the Nuggets where the Joker had a triple-double with 27 points, 12 reboard, uh, rebounds, and 10 assists. Kyrie balled out too, had 27 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks. But doesn't really matter when you lose, right? On Christmas, they were number one in the East. Now they are in seventh and potentially could be a... Honestly? Yeah. Horrific. A playing team, which is kind of crazy, right? We talk about the Nets. We talk about Harden. Harden, with all the news coming around, is is uh, just hired a new rep, a new agent. And the last time that he did this was before he forced his way out of Houston. Ooh. So it kind of makes you think, is there a potential trade suitor for Harden? And it doesn't make me feel comfortable that Daryl Morey is inquiring for Harden. He wouldn't inquire about him if he didn't know there would be a chance. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I think I think when there's smoke, there's fire. And a lot of things you can say are coincidence, but you made a great point about the agent. And Daryl Morey, anytime you bring him up, he always seems to have his finger in controversy and yeah. tampering and trades. 
and things always usually come to fruition when you mention his name because he's a guy that that typically gets things done when he sets his mind to it if you look at his past history Toasty. so I, I kind of agree with all your points jay what do you guys june what do you and sammy what do you guys think well one of the things that i want to bring up is if daryl morey is going after james harden and we know that that he really wants Dame Lillard. Like, that's the dude that he really, really wants. Is James Harden close to that? Do you think he would actually, like, meet his standards of what that trade is worth? Well, so, it's interesting to think that we know more he has a lot of affinity for Harden. The other thing that's coming out is that supposedly Brooklyn might be willing to play ball with Philly on this, but Seth Curry would have to be part of the trade. And so you wonder, mm. Is that a stop in itself? Because Curry's been playing really well. And in terms of the pure basketball fit, to me it actually makes sense for both teams to do Simmons and Harden. We talked about this, I think, last episode. Harden in the long term, that contract is not going to look good. I don't think it's going to age well. He's already showing signs of slowing down. And as we've talked about, pure basketball fit. If Simmons can handle the limelight that he would get in Brooklyn, he fits that squad so, so well. And the irony is that I thought Kyrie would be the biggest distraction. I thought he would be rusty when he came back. He's looked great almost every game. you got to give him credit where it's due. I mean, he's very well rested, clearly. Maybe because he's not playing all that much. Uh, yeah, he's part-time. He's part-time. Um, but it feels like that whole team slots in better. And so you wonder. It, yeah. There's also stories coming out on each side. Shams drops a story one day that they're going to talk. The next day, Woj comes out with a different story saying they've talked once and it was two months ago. They're both clear, clearly getting fed by their own sources, and it just feels like this is a staring contest. So is someone going to break enough to give in by Thursday? It'll be interesting to see. I mean, do you guys think that the all-star James Harden is done? Like, that ship has sailed all-star, no. I think he's still an all-star for a year or two. Top 10 player, yes. I think that's over. Would you guys agree? I think... Oh, man. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the hot take. I think he's done, man. I'm going to go... I'm going to say that I don't think Harden's going to win a ring. Ever. Wow. 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 As wow. one of the primary stars on the team. So if he's the number two... Sorry. Yeah, I... I was going to say, if he's the number two in Philly with MB playing at an MVP level, you don't think they could come out of the East? I'm going to tell you that I think chemistry is underrated as seen with how the Warriors are playing well and how Brooklyn is not playing well. And that Embiid is not going to like how Harden has been playing. We talked about it before the pod where Harden, he doesn't seem interested in the game. He's slow. He seem he seems like really lethargic, and he just sits out on the three, on the three point line, and just chills if he doesn't have the ball in his hand. You think that's gonna match well with Embiid and that squad? Maybe Doc Rivers will like it because he doesn't know how to coach, but I don't think Embiid and the rest of the guys would like it. John, I'm right, right? You're right about Doc Rivers, but. I'm- <laughs> But I'm. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> but I'm. But I'm gonna say I don't. I don't know if I agree with you guys. 
I don't. I think Harden still has it, and I think Me too. the fact that he's completely unmotivated in Brooklyn, he's clearly mentally checked out. And there's a lot of players in the league when you're mentally checked out, you're physically going to be checked out as well. It just comes with the territory, and you're not going to want to play the game. But I think if he got into a new environment, if he played with the best big he's probably ever played in his career in Joel Embiid, that pick and roll would be completely deadly because Embiid is a guy who can not only drive, he can shoot with a lot of accuracy for a big. He's one of the best big shooters in the league. And I think, I honestly believe that the Sixers will come out of the East if James Harden was traded there. Because as much as I love Tobias Harris and some of their other players, Danny Green, just kidding. (laughs) They... Sorry, no Danny Green slander. He helped us win a ring. Almost lost us a game, though. But that's neither here nor there. I do think that the Sixers with James Harden and Joel Embiid having another superstar by him, or all-star at the very least, they can come out the East. Can I counterpoint? Yeah, of course. Here's my one counter for you about him being checked out mentally and wanting a new environment. Didn't he just want that? And that's how he forced his way from Houston to Brooklyn? Well, well, the thing is, though, Sammy, you know, he, he forced himself out of that situation, right? And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. I'm going to play with Kyrie. I'm going to play with, you know, Joe Harris. I'm going to play with Kevin Durant. And instead, he's on the floor with, like, Patty Mills and Bembry and the corpse of Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's such but a different team. Durant's been out for four weeks. Team. It's not like Durant's... Towards ACL is out for the year. He's been out for a month, and all of a That's sudden true. it's like, dude, I'm I'm done. So I don't I, I don't I don't disagree with you, Sammy. I think that you know from a we have a very old school mentality when it comes to basketball, and we don't agree with his him being so fickle when it comes to decision making and being you know he wanted to go to yeah. Brooklyn and play with these guys, but he obviously things aren't lining up and he wants to move to a new team that just comes with the territory i think with the new generation with these younger players sure. and so to me it's not really it yeah i don't agree with it but i i still doesn't to me it it still doesn't prove the fact that he's done as a basketball player i think he just is so fickle that if it gets a new environment and it gets an opportunity to really win uh-huh. brooklyn is such is so un it's so unpredictable it's so undecided at this point that if he moved to a more stable environment i think he would ball out that's my true honest opinion that's what you're saying can i can i add in really quick and i'm glad that you mentioned the old school game john do any of you or can any of you remember a player not as motivated as harden winning a championship it's you always hear the champions with this crazy drive that they just want to win whether it be you know the obvious is kobe but then even down the line you have the spurs culture the warriors culture i just don't buy it from harden man his attitude he forces his way out of houston when he called it his home after signing that long contract and then he comes into the season out of shape People are clowning on his belly. I'm not going to fat shame, but dude, you're in Paris the whole summer. How are you going to tell me that you're trying to rehab your hamstring when you're shopping? Here's my reply to you, JJ. 
And as much as a, as much as this pains me to say, as a Laker fan, and and Roe, as a Blazer fan, supposedly, I'm going to say <laughs> there was one guy who was less motivated, and his name is Carmelo Anthony. That's true. That's very true. Has he won a ring? No, oh no, not one. Well, I don't ring. He doesn't have a ring, no. but I'm just saying. You, I thought you asked that. Who's less motivated than no, James he's Harden? Won a title. Oh, who's he's one who's I'm trying to go back to the '80s and guys smoking cigarettes in the locker room. I'm trying to think of somebody from back then. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. there's one there. But you know, boys, there's there's a couple trades that actually did happen. You know, before the trade deadline here, and it's a trade between, ironically, the Portland Trail Blazers and the Los Angeles Clippers, where the LA Clippers received Norman Powell and Robert Covington, and Portland received. Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second round pick via Detroit. Guys, what do you guys think of this trade, like on the Clippers side and Portland side? I hate it with a passion. And the reason I hate it is because it's such a good trade for the Clippers. Ugh. Yeah. Jerry West, first you break our hearts saying that the Lakers did you dirty with the season tickets. I get it. That's kind of messed up. And then you that go, and then you turn man. around and make this amazing trade, which, by the way, the Lakers could have made given what Portland gave up. So to me, right. in a nutshell, and I'll make it as quick, Norman Powell and Robert Covington fit the mold of the Clippers, what they're trying to accomplish, and what Teron Lu, as a coach, is known for, which is defense. Not only just scoring, but the, the, Norman Powell is a good defender, and Robert Covington is known as a defender, but they're versatile. They can switch from positions from one to five or whatever, even if they wanted to play small ball. They can defend and they could switch, which is key. And then when Kawhi and PG come back, they're going to be so dynamic. On Portland's side, I don't know what they were thinking. Someone get Dame a phone a friend or to call LeBron. Please, please, God, call LeBron and tell him you want to go to the Lakers. I, I don't know, man. It's obviously, to me, it's a steal for the Clippers. Portland, I think they just wanted to shed some salary and go under, you know, cut some salary and um, reduce their taxes and have some flexibility. I don't know if that's a precursor to trading Dame, trading McCollum, blowing it up, but Dame can't be happy about getting support when that's what he's been asking for for a long time. So, June or... Bro, the Blazer fan, what do you think? I don't I don't know what to think about this Portland trade. Mostly because I keep reading the list and I'm like, did they really make that trade? Like, did Dame Lillard really say, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, yeah, sign me up? Like, I honestly doubt that. And Joe Cronin apparently is like one of Dame's dudes too. Like, they talk to each other every single game, every single practice. It, was that really the best that they could get and Norman Powell has been in a lot of trade talks he was actually a really desirable guy Sammy you could probably speak well to this. so I agree this was a total heist which I was very happy about uh, I will I will not say that Portland did a great job on this trade but I will justify a little bit of it I was looking at their cap sheet and so there's a couple important things to, to put in perspective here Powell's under contract for the next four years, ranging, starting about 18, going to about 20 million. So, long-term commitment. Portland has said they want to reshape their roster, supposedly around game, not trade him. You look at the players they got back. So, the prize of this trade for them, 
if I had to pick my one guy was Keon Johnson. Apparently they were very high on him at the draft, so they want to see if they have him. That Detroit second round pick, I mean, it might be in the high 30s. It could be a trade chip later or whatever the case may be. Bledsoe's contract does still have some money on it next year, but it's only partially guaranteed for 3.9 million. Justice Winslow only makes 4 million next year. After that, they have a completely clean cap sheet outside of Dave, assuming they trade McCollum, which I think they all, we all agree they probably are going to try to by Thursday. So I think this was built in to try and clean up the cap sheet. I think giving Covington to the Clippers was just part of the way to even just clear it for this year. Uh, like John said, they now got under the luxury tax by making this deal. For the Clippers, Covington's contract expires. They have two options with him now. They're going to give him a run to see if he fits the long-term uh, future of the team. And they have his bird rights now. Uh, if they want, they can turn around and sign a trade next year if they feel like the fit's not there. And so for the Clippers, if PG and Kawhi don't come back this year, which I'll say this off record as a Clippers fan now, I don't think either guy's come back this year. I think this trade was made for the next few years. And so I think they're going to let Powell get his shots, get into the system. He put up 28 against the Bucks yesterday, which was great to see. Uh, they're going to build that continuous switchy defense with all these wings. And now the last piece that they've needed forever is a secondary ball handler and a guy who can distribute the ball behind Jackson, just because Jackson's a little more of a shoot-first guy. So I wouldn't be surprised now uh, to see them actually maybe take a run at like Spencer Dinwiddie for 10 cents on the dollar or somebody like that, and set this all up for next year. I think that's the way this is going for them. But those are my thoughts on this. I love this trade for the Clippers. I don't like it for Portland completely, but I understand a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, JJ, I actually want you, you know, since you love Dame a lot. Dame. I, I kind of want you to take us into the mind of Dame Lillard. Like, what is he thinking right now? What is he reflecting on? If I'm Dame, you have to think, positive you're claiming that you love Portland and we always said in order to make a huge roster change you gotta just take take a bite at what you have and sacrifice yeah. and I think this is a cold t- this is a very hot take but I'm gonna go I'm I'm biting my tongue but I think it's potentially a good thing for the Blazers you know why because this upcoming summer, there's going to be a cap jump of $20 million. So Ooh. Portland, who, you know, don't ha- they don't really have a good history of signing free agents. But if you have that Dame piece, they get, they do trade Nurk and they trade CJ this week. They could potentially get targets this summer. So it's all or nothing this summer. And I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely agree with you. It's going to be interesting for the Blazers, not this season, but maybe the upcoming season. Upcoming but season, yeah. The same thing for the Clippers, right? The next the next couple of years, they're going to be some defensive juggernaut because that's exactly what they picked up was more defensive pieces. The moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN 
at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers also made a trade. Cleveland received Karis LeVert and a 2022 second-round pick via Miami. Indiana received Ricky Rubio, a 22 first-rounder, a 22 second-round pick, and a 27 second-round pick. What did you guys think of this trade? I love it for Cleveland. I thought it was good. Yeah, I love it for Cleveland too, John. Um, go ahead, John. What do, what do you think? Why did you love it? Well, I love it because Cleveland is already... They're in the playoff hunt. They're in the playoffs as of today. And they have a young group of guys that play hard and are winning games. Darius Garland and obviously Evan Mobley. They lost Colin Sexton, which and Rubio for the year, which they traded. But I think that was key in trading for Levert because they needed another a wing to replace those two guys that they lost. And I like Karis Levert because he's not a superstar, but he's sneaky good. He can get his own shot. He can create for others. And he's clutch. I mean, if I, do you guys remember in the bubble when he put up 50? I think he put up 50. I think it was against the Blazers. I, I don't remember exactly who it was, but he was he was balling out in the bubble. And I think that Cleveland is just enhancing their opportunities to most likely make the playoffs, but make some noise in the playoffs. They are a dark horse to me. They're obviously young. They lack some experience, but I think they they can make some noise in the playoffs. Who knows what's going to happen? Indiana on their end, this is clearly a rebuild. They traded one of their core guys, and you have to wonder, are they thinking about trading Miles Turner and Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis, which has been in rumors for the last couple weeks? Are they looking at a complete rebuild? They got a lot of picks. They got a first rounder and two second rounders. Are they going to trade those two guys for more lottery picks and just tank the season, get their own draft pick, high draft pick, and really just rebuild from there? Hopefully they get lucky in the draft. Because they are underperforming what everybody thought they would be, which is a decent team, maybe even a fringe playoff team. So to me, I think Cleveland really got the best of the deal. But Indiana didn't do so bad in my eyes either because their, their, their goal is to rebuild. And I thought they, you know, with this trade, they're, they're, they're on their way to doing that. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I agree, I agree with you with Karis LeVert uh, being a... Uh, backcourt presence for the Cavs which they deeply needed and he provides something that Ricky Rubio didn't have which is high volume shooting. The only concern that I have when you do have a high volume shooter on a new team is if it's going to break the chemistry on the team and Cleveland has like what you just stated John extremely great chemistry. I mean they're all young they're buying into the system. 
even Kevin Love, who received a lot of criticism last year, who seemed like he was super lazy. Remember all the yeah. lowlights of him just like not even trying? He seemed like a little kid out there. Like he lost a lot of fans, to be honest, guys. And now he's taking that role as big brother and getting really overpaid <laughs> by being a, a player at Cleveland. So LeBron James, LeBron James. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like it for both teams too. I do like it a little more for Cleveland. I think you guys emphasize the point that they desperately need another guy who could get to the rim. That was the one thing they were missing with all the injuries they had at guard. For Indiana, I think the one thing that's going to complicate things for them is Turner's injury. You just don't know how stress reaction is going to be in terms of recovery for this year, so that probably has complicated trade talks. I think if he was healthy, he would have been gone already. So bonus, they, from what I've heard, they have a really high asking price for, which I think they should. I mean, I've mentioned here multiple times how underrated I think he is. I do think this will be a disappointment, though, if they don't trade at least one of those guys. I mean, you could always trade him in the offseason, but I feel like there's going to be a team out there that feels that Sabonis could be a piece that vaults them into a contender this year. Because this year does, I don't know if you all agree with this, I feel like this year looks wide open out east all of a sudden, particularly. Where yeah, the East is very yeah. Uh, competitive. I yeah. think it's it's definitely wide open, though, like you said, especially with what's happening with the Nets. Exactly. Sixers, Sixers also have some um, unpredictable stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think you could have, I mean, you're reaching a little, but I could infirm what I'm about to say, but I feel like up to six teams could have some shot at the East, depending on how they compile their roster, which I did not think was going to exist at the beginning of the year. So... Right. So that being said, I wonder if they'll get what they're looking for with Sabonis by Thursday. My gut right now says Turner might not get traded because of that injury unless somehow it comes out that he'll be okay in the next month or so. Yeah, on the Cleveland Cavaliers side, like you have to sort of think about like what's the motivation, right? Because we saw this team, they were really fun, they were really good. And you almost thought, like, man, like JJ was saying, you worry you worry about messing with the chemistry. But you kind of look at the East standings here, and Cleveland is currently fourth. They're only two games back from first. So you have to think, is getting Karis LeVert worth two wins more? For Probably, sure. Yeah, if they for had sure, him, yeah. right? So that East is completely wide open. I think it was a great move for the Cleveland Cavaliers because that East is so tight. Um, I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. Probably one of the biggest ones. Bradley Beal is unhappy in Washington, or seemingly unhappy in Washington. He's also injured. He has like a wrist brain that his experience, like some swelling um, and some like range of motion, like mobility issues. Washington is such a strange team, man, because they started like really hot 10 and three and they looked like they could be like a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. And since then, they are now 24 and 27, 11th in the East. Um, and Bradley Beal just seems like he's not very happy. Is it time to trade Bradley Beal? Do you guys think he's going to be traded? It's definitely time to trade Bradley Beal and build around Kyle Kuzma, baby. Let's go. The goat. <laughs> no, okay. Kuzma and no, KCP. Hey, oh man. Sorry, you guys go ahead. That was just my <laughs> funny comment to start. Nice. Um, is it time to trade him? Maybe. Do I think he's gonna get traded before Thursday? No, because 
they probably have a very high asking price for him, and he has not played well all year. And so you wonder who would be interested in adding a guy who's basically a number one or a number two at this point of the year and trying to integrate him in. And I know we talked about Harden and that fit earlier, but Harden and Murray, there's kind of a connection there. With Beal, you have the contract also hanging over the head of this whole thing too. So there's so many factors to it that I just, I wonder who that right team is for him, you know, that I don't think he's a number one on a, on a playoff team because clearly this team barely ever makes the playoffs with him as a number one. So I think he could be the number two in a perfect situation, but I'm just trying to see what that team is. And I think this is something that ends up being addressed in some way in the offseason. Whether that means they take a similar approach to Portland and try to reshape the roster around him, or if that means that he's the, the piece they use to blow it up and finally build around Kuzma, like John mentioned. But we'll see which way it goes. <laughs> I just think it's, I don't know if the word is funny, but how ironic that time plays a huge factor with all these contracts. It wasn't just wasn't it wasn't it just like a few months ago where Bradley Beal was competing with Stephen Curry for the scoring title. His stock was at an all-time high, and people were willing to trade whatever they wanted or needed to just to get Beal. And now, with all this trade talk, his value's at an all-time low in months. I have that's my thinking I, like I have a thought here what do you guys think about and this is probably far-fetched left field definitely drinking too much of the good stuff but Bradley Beal f- for Ben Simmons I was gonna suggest the same thing and the reason I say and the reason well great minds think alike and the reason I say that is because the the Wizards have so many guys that love to just put up shots Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Didwitty even Montrez Harrell KCP, guys that love to put up shoot the ball, and Bradley Beal obviously is a scorer replacing him with somebody who's a distributor who doesn't, who isn't a great scorer but somebody who can facilitate like Ben Simmons, what do you guys think about that proposal? Do it I say do it Get anything for Ben Simmons at this point. Yeah. The other side to it. You know? Well, here's the other irony of it to me. As much as, and it's obviously a running joke because he won't shoot out of outside of two feet, which at some point he needs to expand his game. The irony is that every team, it feels like, has too many shooters and not enough guys that want to do everything else. So Simmons could probably fit on almost every other team in the league because he's the one guy that doesn't want to shoot the ball. And he could be the distributor and play the defense and do that sort of thing. That's actually probably why he fits on every elite team in the league, too. Like, if you go down the list, even teams that aren't remotely interested in trading for him, Golden State, Phoenix, then you go to Brooklyn, you go to Milwaukee, is he going to end up in any of those places outside of Brooklyn? Probably not. Could he fit on every one of those teams somehow because he doesn't need the ball? I think so. So that's, that's the interesting thing with me about him as a whole. And that's probably why Maury's price for him is so high. So I would make the trade. Yeah. The Beal trade, I would do it if I was Philly, or uh, if I was Washington for sure. I agree with that deal. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you know, I'm going to take us to our last segment here. Overtime! And we're going to do some role playing. And basically, one of us is going to be a superstar. And the other one's going to be like either the general manager or the team. And we're just going to sort of think out loud. We're going to try to dig in to the minds of these people and try to figure out what their motivation is, what they're thinking. And the first two, it's going to be me and JJ. JJ is going to play Bradley Beal. And I'm going to be the Washington Wizards. All right. JJ, go ahead. So... I'm able to sign this max contract, but I don't, I don't really want to play in Washington, D.C. I have this guy named Kyle Kuzma on my team that thinks he's a Fashion Nova expert. And I don't know about that, but I do want to get paid. But I also want to, you know, have a good legacy in the NBA. So. I think I'm gonna just sign the max deal and force my way out like James Harden. Well, you know, as as the team, the Washington Wizards, we haven't had a good player since like Gilbert Arenas, since like Michael Jordan. And that was like, you know, the corpse of Michael Jordan, pretty much. And Bradley, I need you to stay, man. I mean, money talks, right? How does five years, 235 million sound to you? You can't get that. Well, you can get that somewhere else. But I don't want you to get it somewhere else. I want you to get it here in Washington. And, you know, we'll take care of you. Maybe you don't like KCP. Maybe you don't like (laughs) the other Lakers. If you don't want to, if you don't want us to sign any more Lakers, we'll do that for you, okay? Yeah. Next two, we have John and Sammy. John is gonna be Russell Westbrook. Sammy, you are the LA Lakers. All right. Here I go. I shot one for ten in the last game against the Knicks. Oh my! I was benched in <laughs> overtime. I get paid forty-four million dollars a year. Something crazy like that. And I got booed and begged not to take a corner three in that game. Rejected! I want to stay in LA. I love La La Land. I love the City of Angels. I'm from Long Beach. My family's here. I want to stay here. And what I'm going to do, because I'm playing so terribly, is either two things. One, pick up my game and play like the player I'm getting paid the money I'm getting paid to play like or if I'm going to continue to playing like S H blank blank I will (laughs) cozy up with LeBron AD Rich Paul all have them hang out with me invite them to my house give them free wine booze do whatever I can well 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 how the turntables your basketball performance, my basketball performance is not up to par. So better hope that you can uh, get on the good side of the, the, the guys making the decisions here. Well, I'm glad you love LA, but I really wish you loved cutting to the basket once in a while. That, that would help things out a lot. <laughs> so realistically, 
as Rob Polink in this case, I'm realizing that this season is, is shot. This team isn't going anywhere, and so I'm approaching this where the contract, your contract is not tradable at this deadline. It's expiring in the offseason, which gives me a $47 million trade ship. So unless something massively turns this year, I'm texting LeBron every day saying, is this the day where you're okay with me trying to figure out the next trade? Do I get his permission? And we've appreciated it. I hope you've enjoyed being back home for the next year, but I think it's it's time to to call it a day, roughly a day after the finals ends, because I know that we will not be in them. And I will leave it at that. I I don't know why we made the resident clipper of of the clinic also Rob Palinka. I know. <laughs> that just I know. Kind of it, it was fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the next two that we have up is James Harden and the Nets. It's going to be JJ and John. JJ, you're going to be James Harden. All right. I just came from Houston. I was living the life. I had premium <laughs> membership at the clubs over there. You know, the clubs. I'm talking about baby, baby. I got the best chicken wings. Katie lied to me, man. They, he said we were going to win a chip, but then all I got was him sitting on the bench because he's injured, which is not his fault. But our boy Kyrie keeps texting me these random IG posts about COVID that I don't care about. <laughs> Get me out of here. I don't care about you, Kyrie. I want you to win. I want premium clubs in Brooklyn. And I want a place that could treat me like a king where I could control everything on the court. I, as the Nets and a franchise who was supposed to win the title last year if it wasn't for Kevin Durant not clipping his toenails like he's supposed to, every Tuesday. It's not a tumor. And his ankles being ashy. I know that has nothing to do with it, but he just needs to get some lotion. We absolutely want to keep the the core intact. I know that Kyrie is in and out, but we were within one game and one big toe from making the finals. What we probably would have won against the Suns because, as we all know, Chris Paul is... <coughs> Sorry, I was choking a little bit there. Bruh. So, we're keeping the core intact. James Harden, I don't care what you think. You can still play, and we're going to go for the title this year with when Kyrie comes back, and we're going to make it work. Let's go. <laughs> All right, next, next up is me and Sammy. We're going to be Julius Randle and the Knicks. I'm going to play Julius Randle. What do I have to do? Like, you know, it's, it's, it was great. Last year was great. You know, it was like the honeymoon phase. You guys were cheering for me. You guys were giving me a standing ovation. I was doing all these crazy step back moves that I've never done in LA before. But for some reason it worked. This year it's not working, I don't know why, but I feel like it's because it feels like we're breaking up, you know? Sometimes I throw tantrums. I just get mad for no rant, like just random reasons. Like I'll hit someone's clipboard or 
video iPad or I'll give you a thumbs down even though you're cheering for me. What do I have to do to get out of here? Like Malice in the Palace? Is that is that is that where I need to go? Well, we definitely don't need to go there. But let's not do that in Madison Square Garden. Julius, thank you. Uh, it's, it's New York, man. Last year you were the shiny new toy. The fans took you right away. This is a tough city, but if you show that you're engaged with our fan base, they'll love you. We want to build around you. RJ's having a great year. He's really stepping up here in the last few months of year two. We just need to make a couple pieces work to move around you. We'll build this team around you. And if... If and when you win here, you'll be the king of the city and the fans here will love you forever or for the year that you win until you lose again, but we won't worry about that part. But you just need to really engage with the fans and the fans will always love you here and we want you to be our future here in New York. <laughs> Sammy, all of that sounded like a lie. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's New York, we sound. <laughs> you really, you're, you make a really good James Dolan. Anyway. <sighs> Oh, ouch. <laughs> That's actually it for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Had a lot of fun tonight, fellas. Thank you, listeners. John, thanks for being on. Feeling good, feeling great. Thank you. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, man. Happy deadline, everyone. Hope your team makes the deal that you're hoping for. And yo, Sammy, why don't you talk about diagnosing the lines real quick? Sure. Uh, we're, we're coming into Super Bowl week here, so we're going to give our picks. I think uh, we're going to shoot for Thursday, hoping to get our record up here to 5-1. and one. And then once the, once the game is over and we're switching back to the league, we'll look at some futures and some breakdowns with our friends on DraftKings and same-game parlays, things like that. Uh, hope you all will tune in, and if you followed so far, I hope you've enjoyed the winnings. We'll try to keep it running. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All MBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All MBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.